This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, welcome to Breaking Bread. This is the show where we explore food through culture, conversations, and a whole lot of curiosity. I'm your host, Lo Yijun, a food writer and recipe developer from the Jun and Tonic blog. Every week on this show, we dive deep into an aspect of food culture in Malaysia and I bring in some food friends and experts to talk about it. Today, we are talking to Picha Eats, a social enterprise that's been bringing awareness to the plight of refugees in Malaysia through the medium of food. Since 2016, they've provided opportunities for refugees to share their cooking with Malaysians, giving them a source of income and easing them into life in a new country. I feel like some of you have surely had Picha Eats' food because since their inception, they've catered for a ton of events, dishes that are unfamiliar to the Malaysian palate, like falafels, hummus, shawarmas, Afghani rice and dumplings, and Middle Eastern halwas and baklavas have all made appearances at Picha Eats' events. And because we are a food show, we're going to learn a bit more about these incredible dishes and talk to one of the refugee chefs behind them as well. So in the studio with us today, we have the co-founder of Picha Eats, Kim Lim, and one of their chefs, Dalia Fahed. And we're going to learn more about their business, what it means to be a refugee in Malaysia, and definitely talk about Dalia's food too. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. So, Kim, uh, it's been three three years running Pecha Eats. Three uh, and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me about how you guys first started? Because when you started as well, the name was different and almost like the concept was different as well. So tell me a bit about that. Um, when we started, we called ourselves the Pecha Project. Today, we shift to Pecha Eats. Uh, mainly, we did this rebranding this year. Um, when we started, it was the three co-founders. Uh, we, w- we just wanted to give a livelihood to the refugees that we are partnering with so that they can send their kids to school because that was what we found it as a problem when we were volunteering in the Refugee Learning Centre around six years ago. So four years ago, we started the Peacher Project as a university project and then uh, we wanted to impact the families that we were partnering with and we wanted to provide food to our university friends. And then later on, we started thinking, can we sell to people um, in the private sector? And then we started uh, improving our packaging. We started improving the way we service our customers. And then we started promoting more of the food that is home prepared by the refugees from seven different countries today to customers, uh, especially Malaysians. So we grew quite a lot from the past three years, from the Picha Project to Picha Eats. Today, Picha Eats, like, we have like a new tagline. Great food, awesome service, rebuilding lives. Um, mm. Why Why is it so important? Because we want to let people know that uh, Picha is here to stay. We're not just a project um, to tell people we're here for a short term, but we're truly a food business that wants to rebuild lives and change the way how um, social enterprises or the social landscape is like in Malaysia. So we're here for the long term. Mm. And that's really, really good to hear. Yeah. And in terms of the food... Uh, have you guys shifted from, you know, doing more delivery to like 
catering now because I see you in a lot of different corporate spaces and events and you've been yeah you've been providing uh, a lot of different foods for for people right yeah I think people really like to excite their guests um, with very authentic food and having a story to tell behind it so it was very natural that we shifted more to catering today catering is our main business actually and uh, in the future we intend to hone down this catering service, uh, really make it our specialty so that when people think about catering for their events, they think about Picha Eats because there's a story to tell, there's different food from different countries all presented in one buffet line and you're rebuilding lives at the same time, so why not? Mm, yeah. And speaking of stories to tell and rebuilding lives, Dahlia, uh, can you tell us a bit about your story? Uh, I'm Dalia uh, from Palestine. I came here three years ago. I come here with uh, my uh, children. Follow my husband. My husband came here before me uh, one years ago. I come here uh, from uh, Gaza because uh, in my country, um, no life. We live without life. The life is very difficult. Mm. Um, no work. And me and my husband uh, have certificate, uh, but don't find any work in my country. Because this one, we decided uh, to travel to any country. Uh, my husband uh, decided uh, to travel uh, alone because all uh, the border closed. Uh, he traveled underground uh, the floor. Because this one cannot me and my children uh, travel with uh, him. Mm. Uh, this road is very uh, uh, dangerous. Mm. Uh, suddenly make bomb very dangerous uh, for my children. Uh, my husband uh, traveled to Cairo uh, from this tunnel underground. He want uh, travel to to Europe. Uh, he took the boat. But he got uh, arrested by immigration. Yeah, but uh, thankfully about that, uh, because the, the ship uh, sank and all the people died. Hmm. Yeah, uh, after that, uh, he traveled to Malaysia because Malaysia is the only country allowed to the people uh, travel without visa. He come here after one year. Uh, follow him when the border open. I travel with my children. Uh, when reached here, the life is very very difficult um, because without visa cannot work. Hmm. The life is very very difficult. Uh, rental very expensive. Uh, my children cannot go to school. My husband cannot cover all my basic. Um, uh, I have uh, friends. She tell me about Pisha Eats uh, and uh, invite uh, the girls in my house. She's uh, come in my house, tried my food. She loves my food. Now work with Pisha Eats from two years. Uh, really, really, really... My life is a change, really, because um, safe about us. 
me and uh, other refugees cannot work uh, normal uh, outside in the street cannot but uh, now I work in my house between my children yeah I don't have any problem with the immigration with anyone um, yeah. yeah yeah my children go to school and you're living like a much happier yeah. life here as well compared to back home would you say I think it's more like living as a human yeah. because it's really you, you know, finding that dignity in your work that you do and really owning the skills and making a living for yourself, um, mm. making sure that your kids have education. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think as Malaysians, especially a lot of us living in KL, right, we don't really have many interactions with refugees and we don't really get to know their situation and their social plight. Yeah, so like what you're doing is really, really important work. But mm, I was just wondering like what have been the biggest difficulties in terms of your your business in finding these refugees and kind of working with them and earning their trust, right? Because for them, their lives have been so strained for so long and when they come here, it's very hard for them to be like, oh, this is like a, uh, a good project that will make my life better. Mm. So how do you go into these families and say, hey, I'm here to help and yeah. I want to make your life better? I think first thing is uh, we position ourselves as partners. So we partner with them instead of like we say we, we, they work for us. They don't work for us. Um, so we're like partners in this thing and partners means that we discuss things together um, there are certain agreements of course um, but it means that if we advance you advance together so that is a bond and relationship that probably a lot of businesses today wouldn't have and that's what we always treasure uh, running Picha Eats today so if you say like difficulties I would say difficulties um, in trying to convey this message to some of the people in the community or um, to our customers as well. Because sometimes our customers would take us as charity, but we want to let them know that this is not a charity. Peaches is here to stay. We're a food business. If you have anything related to food or an event that you need food, you can definitely think about Peacher Eats. And we'll deliver quality and, of course, good service. And if we don't, we'll... Uh, fulfill our brand promise so that we make sure that you are happy. So that's what we're trying to position ourselves as a business and a partner to the community. Mm. Uh, we're going to take a really quick break. Thank you, Dalia, for sharing your story. Um, but when we come back, we'll talk a bit more about the food that you've been cooking. So stay with us. You're listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Breaking Bread. I'm Jun and I've been speaking to Kim Lim and Dalia Fahed from Picha Eats, a food business that's also a social enterprise bringing light to the plight of refugees in Malaysia. So, Dalia, tell me about some of the foods that have been important in your life. Like You've been, I guess, serving the food of your, your people, your cuisine here in Malaysia and a lot of people are unfamiliar with that. Can you talk about some of some of them? Yeah, okay. Uh, I start uh, cooking when I uh, 
uh, have 15 years old. <laughs> I have a story. Mm. Uh, my father uh, loved the fish very much. My mother hated uh, the fish. <laughs> yeah, one day uh, she asked him, um, bring any, uh, go to the market. My husband asked her, what do you want uh, from the market? She said, anything except fish. He go to the market, bring the fish, <laughs> come back to my <laughs> my, uh, my mother, oh no, why do I like this? Why am I busy? I don't have time to clean the fish, to, uh, yeah, big problem. Uh, I said to her, it's okay, it's okay, mom, it's okay. I will uh, clean the fish and cook the fish. Uh, when my family tastes the fish, uh, my father tell to my uh, mother, from today, no need to cook uh, the fish. My daughter will cook everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, from this day, I, I try to cook uh, the food. Yeah. Mm. Do you still cook a lot of fish nowadays? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so every time you cook fish, you think of this. Yeah, you have yes. a memory of yeah, the story. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So when you, came, uh, when you came to Malaysia, yeah. was the, the food that you cooked, was it very different? from back home in, in Palestine? Because I guess yeah, like yes, ingredients. Yeah, yes, different, and, yeah. Mm. Uh, Malaysian food uh, have a strong taste because uh, uses uh, herbs like ginger, lemongrass. Mm. Uh, Arab food yeah. don't have yeah. uh, the spices. Yeah, this is very strong. Mm. Yeah, we use normal strong, little bit spicy, little bit uh, chilly. But the Malaysian food very ch- <laughs> so uh, chilly, yeah. So now do you put some yeah, ginger yeah, but lemongrass now, in but your now, food? Uh, but now I like... Uh, you like the strong yeah, flavor yes, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first time when I uh, tried uh, nasi limak, oh no, what this cannot eat. <laughs> yeah, but now it's okay. I love uh, nasi limak, na- mm. rendang. Oh, the rindang. chili, spicy. Yeah, like? yes, mm. I like the spicy, ginger, <laughs> I, uh, lemongrass, very nice. Mm. Yeah. And so on the Pecha Eats, there are a few dishes that you are very well known for. Uh, and one of it is your musakan uh, musakan roll. Yeah, yeah. yeah musakan roll. This, what is that? And uh, yeah, how yeah, do you make this it? This is a bread, uh, homemade, uh, pita bread, mm-hmm. uh, thin. Uh, can uh, stuff it with um, chicken with onion, cook it with olive oil. Uh, this food very healthy because mm. uh, cook it with olive oil uh, and um, some uh, spices Arab sumak especially for musakhan spices sumak. Mm. Then you yeah roll can roll it. can roll the roll the the, the bread the bread Together. yeah right. and uh, grilled. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So when the first time you served this to Kim and to the other Pecha Eats people, were they like, oh, what is this? Because in Malaysia, we don't really use sumac in yeah, our yeah, cooking, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, so it was, a very, was it a very interesting flavor yeah, yes. for them? I, I think the first time we ate, we was like, we've never eaten that thing before. But it really suits like the Malaysian palate. And immediately we just like, okay, this is going to fly. Mm. Yeah. Mm. No need to change anything. Yeah, we didn't perfect. change nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember when uh, the Kim and Swili and Susanna come to my house, uh, I forget uh, Musakhan in the oven. Ah. Yeah. When she <laughs> eats, yeah, yes. When uh, when she the girls eat, actually finished the fu- finished food. Uh-huh. Yeah. I put the Musakhan, Kim, take one. 
tell the girls, this one good. <laughs> yeah, this one tried good. Yeah, the first time I remember that. Yeah. Ah, besides the musakhan rolls, uh, what other things are you making? Shawarma. Mm. Shawarma chicken. Uh, shawarma also slices thin chicken, uh, grilled. I put this one in the pita bread also uh, with some vegetables, uh, like lettuce, tomato, mm. like this. Make the bread loaf, toast also, toaster. Uh, can make toast the bread. Toast the bread, yeah. I think a lot of people will know shawarma from Avengers. They first yeah. mentioned it, Tony Stark. But okay. yeah, I think in Malaysia, we still don't really have a lot of uh, exposure, experience eating Middle Eastern food. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think what you have been cooking and I'm sure when people taste them, they're like, wow, this is so different. And it's almost like an oh. education for them as well yeah, about like a different cuisine, right? That they're not yeah. that familiar with. Mm. You said you use some ginger and lemongrass in your cooking right now, but are there any other like Malaysian dishes that you know you've tried cooking at home as well? Yeah, yes, now I cook it. The, you make the, a rendang at the, home? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Rendang also. Can we sell now rendang, yeah? Oh, nice. Yes, ah, yeah. Cool. I love my children. Your children love rendang as well? Yes, oh, rendang. Oh. <laughs> so actually your children are um, kind of Malaysian now. They are yeah, the style yes, of eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> I like the spices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Kim, so right now how many chefs or like refugee families do you have under Pecha Eats? So we have partnered with more than 20 over families before from seven different countries mm-hmm. but at this moment we have 11 active families and four we're onboarding uh, means they're new families so there's a duration of between two to three months onboarding uh, families so that's what we're going through right now. Yeah but still like 11 families doesn't sound like a lot, right? And I'm sure you guys do want to do like a lot more because the refugee community in Malaysia, although they are mainly like unseen, yep. there is quite a sizable community there, yep. right? So, what do you see yourself? What do you see Pitcher Eats doing in the coming years to reach your ultimate goal? And what is that goal as well? Well, I was asked this question two two to three days ago, what is the vision of Picha Eats? Mm-hmm. In a world where Picha Eats exists, um, what do we want the world to look like the next 10 years? I had a dilemma at that time. I couldn't really answer that question because there's two ways. Like One way is where Picha Eats don't have to exist anymore in the world because refugees are not refugees anymore. Um, and the other way is where Picha Eats grow and that we could rebuild a lot more lives and out of just refugees. So it was a, a very tough decision to make. Um, until today, we're still trying to think, what do we want Picha Eats to be like? But in the short term, at least for the next five years, we're really looking to getting more families on board because the refugee situation is, uh, I would say, is very unstable throughout the world. Mm. Like one day it could be like this and another day it could be like another way. And we definitely that will be one of our difficulties as well, as we mentioned just now. But uh, we really want to see more lives like Dahlia, you know, being rebuilt and them 
owning the confidence and dignity in in the skills that they are trying to build, which is their cooking skills. And Peter would definitely continue to support any families that would want to take this on as their future career. So we have like uh, families who resettled to other places like in Australia, and we really are looking forward to see how we can expand those things in Australia probably. Um, maybe they brought the cooking skills that, that they had and the things that they learned with Picha to Australia and we probably can expand to that um, extent. But I would say Picha is right now, although we have much structure and uh, we have more people on board with us, uh, we we are still very flexible in expanding. And that's that's the beauty of entrepreneurship, right? You, you, you want to be flexible. You want to, you know, when there's an opportunity, you know when to grab hold, when is the right time, and then just continue expanding. So um, we're really looking forward to onboard way more families, uh, although the numbers are small today, but we're looking also into deep impact. Uh, what is deep impact? It means that they can really pay off their rent every single month with no delays, putting food on the table and make sure that 100% of their kids go to school. Um, at the same time, uh, most of them will save up in case of medical uh, reasons. So these are the things that we're trying to bring forth for EPJs in the future. Mm. But in the larger scheme of things, right, it's still an issue, right, when refugees come here. And it's very hard for them to to find work, yep. I guess, legal work in a sense. Yeah. Um, what do you think or how do you think the rules and regulations around this should change to, you know, help them to live a better life as well here in Malaysia? I would encourage the government to think about a much humane system that we could help, you know, refugees to go through this transition in Malaysia. They're not here to stay permanently. They're looking for a safe place and probably get resettled in the near future. But between these 10 to 20 years being in Malaysia, um, we need to help them to survive because like it or not, Malaysians, yes, we're very comfortable. You know, we don't have war before uh, or we had uh, at one point of a time, but it's Mm. not as serious as needing to flee to other countries. But if we put ourselves in a different position what if one day we go through this and do we want the same help from other people or other countries uh, to help us go through that very very difficult times and um, like Dalia from Palestine and the Palestinians today and and people who are going through war are having a very 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 difficult time because back in their country there's just no economic activity and everyone knows that without money you just can't survive Um, and education is something that is very very important because if we don't see education as something important the whole there'll there'll be a whole generation of people not being educated and the gap will just go bigger and bigger and bigger Um, so I I think there must be a much humane system whether to allow them to um, work part-time or allow them to uh, let their kids get a proper education so in case when they get resettled they can still catch up with the society so I think we need to stop thinking that we should leave them behind because we shouldn't Mm, yeah and I think beyond the laws and regulations as well it's like a, a public perception of refugees as well right like we as Malaysians should we need to be educated yeah and 
look at them as like fellow humans as well, yeah, not just, just based just, on like, the where same. they come from. Yeah, mm. they're the same. You and me, they're the same. They want the same dream. I, I've asked like some of our refugee friends or partners, um, what do you see in your future? And they can't answer because they don't know when they will get resettled. They don't know when they will get a stable life. So to them, it's just very hard to dream. And then we ask ourselves, did we take dreaming as, you know, did we take it for granted? Did we take dreaming for granted? Because we have the ability to dream and we can execute it. So should we, you know, help ourselves and then continue to help other people as well? Mm. Mm. I just want to thank you guys for for coming over today and especially thank you, you. Dahlia, for sharing your story. Um, Yeah, it's something that we Malaysians, we don't really hear about a lot. So it's really, really important. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Uh, and just to wrap things up, um, where can people find Picha Eats and perhaps uh, even try to help out your cause? Uh, go on to our website. It's www.pichaeats.com. We are all on all the social media platforms, whether you're on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, so uh, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, we're all... You're on TikTok, we're, is Yeah, we're on TikTok. <laughs> it's, uh, it's an in thing now, right? Yeah. So uh, we have to catch up. Uh, we're, we're everywhere. So just try and grab us, drop us a message. Someone will just attend to you really quick. Mm. Thank you so much for coming by again today, guys. Thank you. That's all we have for this week's show. To listen to more episodes, find us on iTunes, Spotify, or visit our website at www.bfm.my. And if you're hungry for recipes to try out this weekend or want to read some funky food writing, you can find those on my blog at junantonic.com. That's J-U-N-A-N-T-O-N-I-C.com. I'm Jun, and you've been listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.